0: Everyone's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to our session. Uh, today is Saturday, July 31st, 2021. Okay, markets are closed today, but I do have a few things to talk about that I think may benefit you financially going forward. Uh, One thing I'm gonna talk about today, start checking your pennies in your pocket. You may have a penny going through your pocket worth well over a million dollars, so we'll talk about that. Uh, I wanna talk also about the, about the pass. it looks like, $1.1 trillion infrastructure package, about to be passed by Congress. Uh, Basically, what would be some long-term economic and financial implications of that, but specifically, which specific stocks may benefit from that? So we're gonna talk about that. I uh, also want to talk about a new technology that has come along. Um, that my experience is, you know, whether it happens immediately or intermediately in the future, it's the kind of thing that investors will jump all over. So you may see some uh, profit opportunities there. And I also want to talk about an alleged, I'll use alleged because I haven't been convicted yet. Uh, scheme where apparently an 86-year-old mother and 54-year-old son allegedly bilked investors out of $12 million by claiming they had a couple of stock-picking supercomputers they had developed. Uh, but I wanna talk about you know what, what do you do if uh, something just sounds too good to be true? Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, so going forward here, what do we got? Uh, all right, so Congress is about to pass, or may have passed by the time you hear this, a trillion trillion spending infrastructure package. Okay, uh, that the idea behind that is to rebuild our roads, bridges, railroad tracks, and so forth. All right, so one side says that that will pay for itself. Uh, another, the other side says it's going to greatly increase our government debt and result in higher interest rates and higher inflation. So who's gonna be right, we'll have to see, but here's the arguments on each side. The side that says it will pay for itself, they are basically basing that on what is known as Keynesian economics, uh, named after John Maynard Keynes, K-E-Y-N-E-S. He was a Nobel uh, Prize-winning British economist. Uh, What he basically said is government should spend money even if they don't have it, borrow it and spend it, and put people to work, um, and then the government will get the the money back through increased income tax revenues to pay back the debt. Okay, so that's called Keynesian economics, pronounced like candy cane, letter Z-I-N, Keynesian. And our government's been using a form of that since 1933. Okay, uh, and it does work sometimes. Other times, perhaps not. All right, so the argument there, saying it'll pay for itself, Government begins hiring workers, uh, hire, giving government contracts to companies, and then hire workers to start rebuilding our bridges, uh, railroad tracks, uh, our, our ports, uh, roads, just all kinds of stuff. Um, these workers get paid. They then spend their money at other businesses. Those businesses have more business, they hire more people, they pay their employees. And it goes through the uh, economy. That's called the uh, economic multiplier effect. Um, Some theories have shown for every $1 put into the economy like that, it generates 7 Okay, so by that theory, you know, everybody's starting to make more money paying income taxes. Government gets it back, so it pays for itself, and it it may do so. Uh, The other side argues this. The other side says, well, yeah, that's assuming people are unemployed and you're suddenly giving them jobs, they're paying income taxes. Uh, Quite a few of these people may already work at other companies. Yeah, they may leave for higher wages, but the income tax effect is not going to be as great since they already were paying income taxes. Uh, And the other side says, what'll happen is the government will not generate enough tax revenue to pay back all, all this spending. And what would then happen is the government will have to start borrowing money uh, the refinance their debt as it comes, comes due, keep rolling it over, and that's going to be putting pressure on interest rates, and the government may find itself in a situation where it has to start printing money uh, to pay this back, and as they print more money, it's a little more technical than that, but think of it like printing money. The money loses its value, and that's inflation. Uh, inflation also goes up to cover higher interest rates. So the other side says, no, that's what's probably going to happen there, Then the first side goes back and says, yeah, but we're also going to have increased efficiency and effectiveness. That's going to save us money. An example, we'll rebuild railroad tracks and the roadbed so freight trains can simply go faster. Ships can unload faster with new docks. So we'll have to see. All right, so you might be saying, okay, that's great, Bill. You know, now we know Keynesian economics is pronounced candy cane. You said you're going to mention specific companies. Here they are. These are some companies that can definitely benefit from this infrastructure package. One of the most obvious is Caterpillar, symbol C-A-T. They make construction equipment, so that would be one to look at. Terex is another one, T-E-R-E-X, stock trading symbol T-E-X. I'll summarize these at the end. All right, so that, w- that would be two there. They make construction equipment, Caterpillar and Terex. Another one to look at is Vulcan materials, like the planet Vulcan from Star Trek, Uh Vulcan Materials, symbol VMC, and Martin Marietta Materials, symbol MLM, Mary, Larry, Mary. They both make concrete and asphalt. So there's two more that could benefit from this. Uh, another one is United Rentals, symbol URI. What they do, they rent machinery, construction machinery, and things like that. So there would be some there, and another one would be Atlas Technical Consultants, ATCX is their trading symbol. What they do, they provide engineering and design services, they inspect and certify buildings and public works, and other. they do other construction-related services, so they may benefit also. So basically, to summarize these companies to take a look at, uh, Caterpillar, C-A-T, Terex, T-E-X. Vulcan Materials, VMC, Martin Marietta Materials, MLM, uh, United Rentals, URI, and Atlas Technical Consultants, uh, ATCX. Now, it's anticipated already by the market that this infrastructure package will pass. And so most of these companies' stock prices already reflect the fact that they're going to get increased business. So you may not see an immediate, you know, uh, pop on the stock. But oh, over time, yeah, these companies should do very well uh, from, from these anticipated contracts. So it'd be something to look at. All right, what's this new technology I was mentioning? Uh, pulling carbon out of the atmosphere. Okay, so as many of you know, we've had, we have increased levels of carbon in our atmosphere. And, and, and you know, basically, you, we inhale oxygen. It's nitrogen, oxygen, exhale carbon, carbon dioxide. All right. Um, but it comes from many other sources, carbon. Okay, um, uh, many climatologists and science say the increased carbon levels increasing to a global, you know global warming, a warming a warming planet. Okay, so here's the thing. I looked the numbers up. Apparently we put 40 billion tons of carbon in the atmosphere each year. About half of that 20 billion uh, tons is pulled out of the atmosphere by trees. Uh, other plants in the ocean. Trees basically inhale carbon dioxide and carbon and exhale oxygen, okay. So half of that's already taken care of by natural sources. What about the other 20 billion tons? Well, one answer, obviously, is plant more trees, and and that's already happening. Uh, And that is a good long-term solution. The problem there is trees don't grow overnight. They take decades to grow. Uh, So yeah, maybe eventually, and, and I saw some estimates that the number of trees that would need to be planted to pull out that excess 20 billion tons is equal to about the size of the United States, although technically there is that much land available throughout the world, but that that could be a good long-term solution. But more shorter term, technology. You know, it's sometimes said that we will not be saved, Uh, we, we cannot save ourselves, we will not save ourselves but we will be saved by our technology, okay? So apparently there's this technology that's out there now and it is called direct air capture, uh, direct air capture. And what it does, it basically pulls carbon out of the atmosphere and replaces it with oxygen. Uh, There's a company in Switzerland that already has this technology. It's called ClimeWorks, C-L-I-M-E, works. One word, C-L-I-M-E, works. Uh, They are a private company, though, not, not a publicly traded company. However... Apparently, they've already got the technology, uh, and they're right now pulling 900 tons a year out of the atmosphere. It's obviously not a lot compared to, you know, 20 billion we have to work with, but, uh, it shows the technology works. All right. So here's my advice to you on this. I've been doing this stuff for decades. This is the kind of technology investors will jump all over. It's because it's easy to understand. So start keeping an eye out for companies that say they have direct air capture technology. Uh, because that's the kind of stuff investors will start buying those stocks, run them up, 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 and you could make really good profits. I don't know if it'll happen immediately, but I have a feeling this is going to be sooner rather than later, especially if they start saying they're getting these multi-billion dollar government contracts uh, to do this. Okay, so here's a few caution areas with that. What you want to check into is how easy would it be for a much larger company to start doing basically the same thing without violating patents. I'll give you an example. If you have a company that's doing basically a billion dollars a year in sales and they get a contract for this and suddenly General Electric gets in on it or any some massively big company, well, now they're competing with GE, which has much greater financial resources, infrastructure, and so forth. So that would be one thing to look at. Number two, how big a percentage of a company's sales and profits would come from this. This is a mistake a lot of investors make. You know, if you got a company doing 5 billion dollars a year in sales and they get a contract for another billion dollars in sales to do this, that's 20% increase. That's going to make a big impact on that company that's stock. If you have another company though as 100 billion dollars a year in sales, and they get a contract for another billion dollars, Oh, well, it's not gonna make that much of a difference to them, so you may not see as big a movement in that stock. The other situation you might wanna look into, would we start seeing companies, bigger companies, just buying smaller companies? Uh, maybe it's easier just to buy companies with existing technology than develop, develop it themselves. We see a lot of that you know, in other areas of technology. So that would be something I would tell you to start looking at uh, direct air capture uh, technology. You might see some plays there, in intermediate term with stocks. Now, one bit of advice I would give you: if you have if you if you have an investment that just shoots way up in value, and I hope every one of you do, or what what do you do? Uh, too too many people let it ride all the way up and then all the way down. Okay, a couple of strategies on that. Any investment, I'll talk about cryptocurrencies and stuff another day, but anything. If you have something you put your money into and it shoots way up in value, one thing you could do is pull your initial investment back out and just you know ride the profits. Another one is to have an exit strategy. Don't get emotionally attached to your investment. I've seen it happen too many times over the years. Somebody buys a stock at ten dollars a share, or they buy it at twenty. They buy it at twenty. Uh, it goes up to a hundred, and then they ride it all the way back down to two, and yeah, end up losing ninety percent of their investment. When I was a trader back in my days, we used to have certain percentages that we used. And the percentage numbers don't matter as much as the principal. But here's what I generally did as a stock trader. If I took a big position on a stock and it went down 20% from what I paid for it or 25% from a new high, I just sold it and moved on. Again, you could use your own percentages. So what does that mean? If I bought a stock at $50 a share, and it dropped 20% to $40, I sold it and moved on to something else. I'll make it back somewhere else. Um, so what if the stock, I bought it at 50, and it went up to $200 a share? Am I gonna let it ride it back down to 40? No, 25% from a new high. 25, 20% of purchase price, down from purchase, or 25% from a new high, whatever it hit first. So in that case, if a stock went up to $200 a share, and it went down 25% to 150, I would sell it and move on. So basically, bottom line, I bought a stock at 50, sold it at 150, so you can use your own percentages, but you know, have some kind of sell strategy. A lot of people out there always talk about the buy strategies, well, what about the sell strategies? Okay, so that's a few comments there. All right, this um, mother and son situation. Um, I saw the other day an article, basically, where is it here? I got it right here somewhere. And then we'll talk about that penny. Uh, We'll talk about that penny. It's like, yeah, what's going on there? All right, so what we have here, says here the SEC Securities and Exchange Commission, it's also the Southeastern Conference, I know that, the more fun one, but in this case, Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC accuses mother-son team of hyping phony stock-picking supercomputers named Orwell and Tesla in alleged investment scam. All right, it's so all alleged, right, until you're convicted or plead guilty. Uh, apparently, we've got this um, mother named Joy Kovar, K-O-V-A-R, 86 years old, and her son, Brent Kovar, 54, both of Las Vegas, accused of touting the technological capabilities of their company, Profit Connect Wealth Services, to lure hundreds of investors to top, tap into their retirement funds, pull equity out of their homes, to the tune of $12 million. Uh, they were promising guaranteed annual returns of up to 30% a year plus monthly compounded interest. Okay, um, apparently somehow an 86-year-old mother and her 54-year-old son have somehow out of nowhere developed two supercomputers that that are stock pickers. Uh, it also says the son Uh, back in 2010, was permanently barred by the SEC from serving as an officer in a company or selling securities for his role in a pump and dump scheme in Florida involving a phony anti-terrorism business and his mother also played a role but wasn't charged. All right. Here's the way these supposed supposed scams work. Um... Whether this is a scammer, you know, we'll say supposedly. But here's how scams work out there in the investment world—they come and go. I'll spend another session telling you about some of the more common ones. They're pretty sophisticated. All right, they, they come along and tell you they got this new technology, uh, proprietary technology. In this case, this is this is known as analytics, um, using software and computers to predict stock prices. All right, they tell you they got this proprietary technology. Um, but it is very quiet and proprietary. They're just looking to bring on a very select few investors, try to make you feel special. Uh, They usually say they have a partner out there, uh, some mystery partner, and the thing is that they are authorized to offer this uh, special technology to you to make very high profits, Uh, but they do ask that you do keep it quiet, Uh, and they specifically say, please don't run this by your accountant, stockbroker, or lawyer, the reason our partner knows that they're afraid this technology could quickly become copied or stolen. And unfortunately, the partner is saying if anybody were to reveal that to their financial people, they they would have to withdraw the offer and go off to another special investor. So they they tell you, keep it quiet. All right, here's my advice there. Uh, When anybody tells you don't run something by your financial people, stockbroker, accountant, lawyer, Turn around and run. Just turn around and run. Uh, It's a scam. It's a scam. Uh, You know, anybody could have told him this really. This 86-year-old mother came up with two supercomputers. Um, We could have checked fairly quickly to find out. You know, the son actually was uh, permanently banned by the SEC in 2010. Yeah, that's how they do it. They always try to make you feel special. Don't run it by your financial people. If it seems too good to be true, it is. Believe me, it is. All right, so a little lesson there. All right, our final thing today. What about this penny? Uh, It is a 1943 copper penny. If you think I'm making this up, feel free to Google or whatever search engine you use. Put this in. 1943. Copper penny, U.S. mint, and you will bring up the website of the U.S. mint so you know I'm not making this up. Here's the story. Um, In 1943, World War II was raging. Apparently, copper was needed for military weapons. It was decided that year that pennies, U.S. pennies, would be made out of steel, and so that year, they are silver. Silver. Those silver steel pennies are not particularly rare. You can go on eBay, type in 1943 steel penny. There's plenty of them for sale. I actually have a few myself. Uh, But apparently what happened, some blanks were left in the machine on the first day of the year, the hopper machine. Uh, And so accidentally some copper pennies got out. Now 40 are known to exist. However... Years ago, I met this old guy who used to work for the U.S. Mint during that time period. He was very familiar with these machines. He said, no, Bill, we had 80 blanks in those machines, not 40. He thinks there's another 40 of these things out there. All right, start checking your pennies, 1943, copper penny. Now, you don't have to check all your pennies, just the wheat backs, like wheat, W-H-E-A-T, back. Just Google wheat back penny and you'll see what they look like. Okay, here's what happened. Uh, In 2000, excuse me, uh, back in um, 2019, one of these went up for auction and it was in really bad shape and it got $204,000 from the auction. In 2010, another one of these pennies in much better shape went for auction and it got $1.7 million. Um, the mint site will tell you that the most one of these have ever been auctioned for is I think eighty two thousand five hundred dollars in nineteen ninety six. That mint site hasn't been updated since like nineteen ninety nine. No, these things. If you have one of these and it's in decent shape, my guess, some auction house will put it up for auction. And I know there's a huge demand today for non um, you know paper assets. Uh, artwork, other things, you, you will get well over. You would get well over a million dollars on one of these. My guess is you might get two to two and a half million. Uh, so start looking for that 1943 copper penny. You know, it'd be absolutely fantastic if you come across one of these. Uh, but like I said, you don't have to look at all your pennies. Just look for the ones that say wheat back. Okay, so that's what I wanted to cover today. hope this stuff has been a help to you. It is Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and I'll see everybody on the next session. Take care. See you, everybody.